I'm still getting waiting for rep cord. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I didn't hit. hit I gotta hit the button. button. Oh, I gotta hit the button. You guys the, ready? Press the go button. We're here. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta hit that go, go button. button. Go button. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Maker That Money, the podcast where we talk about taking your hobby to your jobby. What do you think of that? Stole that from from uh, wow. uh, yeah, Flowalistic. Uh, kind of helped inspire that this week on on Twitter. Uh, I am Pooch of Repcord. Uh, we make uh, fine filament furniture. Uh, that's my my latest elevator pitch. Uh, with me, as always, my trusty sidekick, Mister Andrew Gloop, King of the Empire of Sticky. Andrew, good morning. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I am great. I know it's uh, after, depending on where you're coming from, we've got Alex Gibson coming from the UK, so obviously afternoon to evening for him uh, and others, obviously worldwide. We are a worldwide phenomenon here, of course. Uh, pat us. A worldwide. Pat on the, on the back. <laughs> and we have the incredible uh, Courtney. Is it Blum or Bloom? Uh, do I, how it's it? Blum. It's Blum. Okay. But Courtney Blum. You know her as Filament Stories on, uh, obviously, Twitter and the TikToks. I know you're doing a lot of TikToks now. Are you on Insta, too? TikTok, you're probably Instagram, on all the things, right? YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Similar uh, content everything. on all three. And Twitter, some of the time. But some, pictures. Some of the time. Some of the time. Some well, time. welcome, welcome yeah. Courtney. Why don't you give everybody, just really quick, tell us who you are and what Filament Stories is and all the good stuff. Well, you got the name, so Courtney Blum, and yeah. I guess I'm sort of the face of filament stories, but what we do is, I, the reason I started it was there was a lot of people talking about printers and all sorts of things about printers, and I wanted to talk about filament and have filament be the focus, and I got really frustrated with seeing um, terrible information picture-wise, no videos, and I would be like, <laughs> I can't tell if I want that filament or not, so I'd buy it. Because I like filament. Anyway, and I was like, maybe I can tell a better story of filament. And so that's every filament has a story. And we just do information on, try to give people more information about filament. That's, so you that's, can make a good choice. That's right. I mean, that's, that's why I love you. Because there's so few people out there that just love filament the way one you do. But then it's something that I focus on regularly. And Andrew, you do too from another angle too, because you're you're making adhesives, right? And so we all mm -hmm. kind of have a more intimate understanding of the material that we need. I mean, I've always said garbage in, garbage out, right? And so why are we mm -hmm. like so thinking about the the material like what seems to be like kind of the last thought when everybody's talking about 3D printing? When it's like yep. the the input, right? It's it's great, mm -hmm. and there's so many awesome choices these days. Oh, there's amazing choices. So many. Well, that's great the thing. Yeah, the printer the printer does the job, and it makes it makes the model. But when it's done, you walk away with the thing, and that's what the filament is going to leave you with that impression. Yeah, when you give it to Aunt Aunt Bessie. Yeah, Aunt Susie. Bessie gets gets her uh, gets the prints, huh? Yeah, well. that is the prettiest blue I have ever seen. <laughs> that's good. I didn't know we were gonna do impressions today too, but that's that's awesome. Mine are bad. Mine are all bad. <laughs> well, well, listen, <laughs> it's it's monkey. fortuitous that you're with us here because today's topic mm -hmm. is space, and I'm not talking about space, the final frontier here. I'm talking about our maker space, our space that we do our business in, or we perform our hobby and stuff, and how actually, like filament, uh, is often 
not thought of uh, as well as it should be. I think as makers, we get so focused on the make. Uh, we're not always big on the organization and the piece that that allows us to be effective and efficient in our makes. And I know, Courtney, you have uh, a background. The first I became aware of you was when you were on Joel's channel uh, doing some organization of, of his space, right? Uh, and, and there's a million different ways to decide to organize this space. So yeah, I got it all organized and they went and moved. And then, and that's the way it <laughs> but always then, goes. But then you came in and you set him up. I love your wall organization. Yeah. The, the rep, that's right. Yeah. The rep rack. Yeah, I really that was liked a, it. So yeah. you came in and saved the day and he needed it. I don't know about that, but, uh, but yes, we did. We did try to add some poly and, you know, trying to tame Joel's uh, mass. Well, anybody's, I don't want to pick on poor Joel here because I think it's something <laughs> we can all relate to. If we all look around, I mean, look, Andrew and I are cheating right now because we green screen because mm -hmm. we don't want you to see our space. We put <laughs> yeah. Courtney on the spot. <laughs> Um, because I mean, come on, look at that pegboard guys. Isn't everybody just like, I, mean, I wish I made sure I put all my tools away like that this down a little bit. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I, when I see Joel and he has his filament behind him, it makes me happy. <laughs> I just like seeing it all nicely on the wall there. Well, it, filament now is only one part of the equation, right? You know, when you got to figure out how am I going to position it, how am I going to hang it, like where am I going to put my printers, where am I going to put yeah. all my tools? I mean, you need a lot of stuff. And as makers, we love to collect stuff and tools and all that. And so the problem only yeah. seems to potentially compound itself, you know, the, the yeah, more we're into it, it. It is. There are people who are one printer people. But then there's a significant Sounds portion terrible. of people that after one, you know, you've tasted the Kool-Aid, right? It's an addiction. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> one because if I had another one, I wouldn't have to wait for this one to get done to start right. another print. Or and I broke that one and any print parts for it, so I well, got to have another one. this one's broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the first thing that we did was we went up with like a rack because, you know, we had the printer on a table. Right. But if you have a rack, then you can get two levels. And the ones that are causing trouble, you can put on the top shelf. I mean, that's a, and, and that's a great them. that's a great place to start, right? And I I, I get uh, you know one of my favorite silly things that I do is like I talk about you know hanging printers from the ceilings and hanging them on the walls and really optimizing the the space because we we exist in a lot of three dimensional space, but when we um, you know, when we think about putting stuff on it, usually like you'll have a table and you put something on it mm -hmm. and that's kind of the limits. And then obviously all the tables are always completely covered with things. Always. Why do we as humans uh, uh, tend to suck at like thinking about optimizing like all dimensions of our space, not like the two dimensional surfaces that are just immediately before us? Thoughts? Well, that was where I was going <laughs> to say you, you exactly. You do that. I do a, a rack and then you go to the wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I mean, this is however much I can get on there and all, all these 3D printed things to optimize that space. And I keep wedging more in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, Walls yeah. are a great trick. Um, yeah. The wall is great. And then I over I took over a closet and I filled it with filament. Yep. Closet. So, so okay, let's let's start from the beginning here. Like, let's think about the yeah. first spaces we did. And, and Courtney, do you mind sharing, like, uh, some details about your space? Like, wh where yeah. are you? What? It, where in your house yeah. are you? I'm so assuming it's your house. In, yeah. Yeah. No, this is, it's not secret. Um, okay. But right. yeah, this is the, I'm in the basement. And so I spend more time in the basement and the one room in the house, I would not have expected, by the way, let's say hi to people. Hey, Grant. 
Hey, local maker, Michigan. Wait, it's Monsoon Josh. Hold on. I got to say hi to people. Yes, Tesla's. we do. And Alex Gibson. Okay, hold on. Andrew Smith. Fix some dudes here. Hey, guys. Fix some dude. Okay. Listen, for, for those who don't know and are listening back after the fact, because we are a podcast as well, we do record 9 a.m. Pacific every more, every Friday. And so uh, mm -hmm. if you aren't with us live right now, and you're please join us. We do have a chat. You can feed us questions. And we're a call-in show, too. There's a link up here. If you guys want to call in and join the conversation, you are welcome to as well. But yes, greetings to everybody worldwide. It's good to see all you awesome makers out there today. All right. Wait, Jay Ransom right? Hey. Okay, just in time to say hi. Okay, so wait, what was the question? Where am I? Where am I? I'm in Oz. Woo! Um, so okay, we're talking about you utilizing, you were talking about where your space is. Space. And yeah, and so the one room in the house I would not have thought I would have spent the most time in is the mechanical room, which is where I am now. And it what and it's not, I mean, it is, there is a, you can see there's like back in the corner, you see a blue thing. Yeah, that's the water filter for the house. Oh, okay, um, all right. In that direction is the HVAC. Uh, so yeah, and there is, this is no ceiling because it's in the basement, but it's nice and tall. So yeah, we did, we did redo this room at one point because my husband likes pinball machines. And so oh, one cool. of the constraining factors that I have is that that way is pinball machines. So ah. I could fit a lot more printers in. <laughs> and he's but, like, no, ain't no way you're getting my pinball space. I know. No. And I mean, I, they're wonderful. I love them too. And I actually, there's a dartboard, so I could throw darts right that way. But, and then we have an office out here. But so this is the, the print room and it's in a basement. And so uh, humidity wise, it's pretty good for printing. Okay. I have racks of printers over here. So I have that, but then I had to, I need more space than that because you, you run out of space. And so there's a, as is common to do in a home is you take over the guest bedroom. Ah, yep. okay. So right? you have multiple spaces. Okay. I do. I do. But we have that one. That's where we do time lapse in because we, you know, in here, if I'm running with this lighting and I start a 28 hour print, mm -hmm. you have to keep this lighting on for 28 hours. And that just doesn't make sense. Um, so we have the time lapse printers in the other room. I was so if we that. have visitors come, and fortunately with COVID, we didn't have visitors for a long time. I have yeah. to get done with my prints. I have to schedule it. <laughs> Unless it's one of you guys coming to visit me, and then and you're okay, I'll be like, you can come visit, and you yeah. can have, you can print, you got two printers. Well, listen, yeah. I can't <laughs> sleep if there's not a printer going. It lulls me, you know. To that's, my, that's my white noise. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, so you've done a great job of making the most of you know the space you have. Obviously, you have to share it with yeah. the rest of the family and 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 whatnot. But I, I'd say it's a great. Uh, I think it's it's relatable to all of us, as you know. I started in my garage as well. Andrew, your space. Talk talk about your space. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm still out of the house, uh, so we're we, <laughs> we we run Gloop out of a 850 square foot house that has been heavily optimized. <laughs> I can't I can't believe that it's so, it's so funny because I think we we get so accustomed to seeing businesses in this day and age, like as a yep. website. And I think a lot of times when people make these assumptions, I'll get funny emails from time to time where they're like, "We'd love to come and visit your corporate headquarters." Like this was when I was still in my garage, right? Yeah. You know, like I, I don't know why. Like it's just, and maybe it's just a politeness thing. They want to just assume that you're you're larger, mm -hmm. you know, than than you really are. But you know, I'd laugh at it because I'm like, yeah, my corporate headquarters is you know you want to come visit my garage like uh yep. you know but you, you don't have context in terms of the scale of a of a company a lot of the time and but the the point is is obviously you can do a lot without mm -hmm. having a you know 10-story high, high rise and 
uh, stuff like that. And, and, and you should do a lot. It might, I mean, everybody has different opinions on like how, if you're going to start a business, how you should go about it. Right. But sure. I love, we both love bootstrapping because it's a, such a great mm -hmm. way to test the viability of things before you just like really just go all in. Um, and you are very mindful about how you operate because you're on a lean budget and have a limited amount of space and all of that stuff. So Courtney, I don't know if you want to talk about kind of the, the business aspect of, of, of filament stories and, and like, you know, how is it sustainable? Do you, do you, do you have another job as well? Is it, is it a side hustle? Is it what, what's the design of the, the, the brand, the business? So, well, hold on. I got a question. First of all, oh, Andrew Smith okay. said, Filament Stories, he's eyeing the resin printer. And yes, we would like to do some resin. There aren't as many beautiful options, but then I've got some micas and stuff to put in with the resin. So I'd like oh. to do that. But I think I've got like 15 videos we're behind on. Like I've got them filmed. And so things just keep coming in, which does dovetail into the business side of things. So it's it's a little bit different than people that are doing like printers. A company would say, would you evaluate this printer and that takes time and it's a larger price point item whereas sure. we're doing shorts reels tiktok we're sticking within 60 seconds sometimes we're doing shorter than that because as amazed as i was that 60 sec because i was like we're going to do youtube long format and i got some Oof. great feedback at the beginning that was like you will lose everyone you will never build an audience mm. i know you love filament but don't talk about filament for more than a minute mm. and i think it was good advice so we went vertical and that is, we've become extremely efficient within that minute. In fact, when I do a long format video, I feel like I'm incredibly boring because I'm speaking in full sentences, <laughs> you know, and able to breathe in between because I'm yeah, not trying pause. to keep that half second. But yeah, to work with it. So we have a much smaller thing where we have a company who would say, would you want to, we have some filament. We love, we love what you do. You know, there's, a, by the way, I have um, someone who, uh, had a, it's great. It's a influence, influencer bingo. Influencer bingo. It's got like all the things on it. Yeah. Influencer bingo. So you get an email from a company and you see if you okay. can get bingo, if they use all the catchphrases, which is kind of funny <laughs> because, you know, it's, 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 it's good. Pink Luminate did it. If you know Pink Luminate on TikTok. So in yeah. any case, but they do contact me with filament, but it is very interesting because the amount of time that the video is, is one minute. There's a lot of work we do to put into a minute video because it is a produced thing versus let me hold the phone and say, right. oh, look, here's the printer's printing. Oh, it's so pretty. I sliced it. Right. And so we do that because I think we can show the filament better. I want close up mm -hmm. shots. I want a mm -hmm. macro lens shot of the filament and I want to look at that printed up close. So and we want to try to have color accuracy where we can. Um, yeah, but that's, that's got to be a big challenge. Say, yeah, for... we want you to pay us Yeah, because sending me uh, $25 spool of filament. Right. You know, you can't eat it. For us you to spend hours you can't on a video. Your, yeah. Yeah. Mars Gizmo said, uh, one time, cause I was on a call with him, uh, a Patreon call with Mihai Stanmere, Mihai's designs. And he said, he's gotten it down to about four hours per video. And he said, he's pretty good at that. And I mean, that's for, for a know, 60, even, well, he's doing long format. For one though. minute. For no, one, for no one he's minute for his shorts. Yeah. That's right. He does for shorts. shorts. Yeah. Right. Because you still, if you look at his stuff, his is produced. I mean, you've got a, the time you're editing, uh, printing, and then you're going to film it and then you're going to edit and put it together and then you've got to upload it and post it. And then you've got to put all the comments. And so, I mean, I think that's reasonable, but companies see four out for companies see one minute right. and they don't right. think that there's a lot of value in that. Sure. And I so, mean, oh my gosh. but I'm at the point now where 
I am willing to get a no response back. I'm willing to get a no back Mm -hmm. because there are so many. I I have, I think, 700 different brands or manufacturers identified around the world. Are there 700? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and I just like went, I was like, let me look for Brazil. And I look for Brazil, PLA, 1.75 millimeter filament. And I just, then I find more and I just start marking more. One of the things I want to do is I want to put up and it's, I need to create, because filamentstories.com right now just goes to our uh, YouTube channel. But what I want to do is I want to put something up because I've also been um, putting it with by country and putting up a list. And then just, and, and people can say that's wrong. That's no longer there. I have another one from this company just because a lot of times I'll get questions. Do you know, um, filament companies in Sweden? Mm. Oh, wow. Yes. Here are these in Sweden that I found out. So there are a lot of, now when I say brands, brands might be on Amazon. I can find 20 new brands tomorrow, today on Amazon. And they're just, just white labeling it. Right. They're probably popping up all that. Yeah. So that's the thing. How do you, how can you get to the details around who's manufacturing versus. Right. So in that case, I'll just say Amazon and we're a little off track, but the reason I want to do that is because you just bought your first 3d printer. You find this filament on Amazon. You Mm -hmm. don't know any different. You just know that you've heard and whatever brand and you bought this filament. So to you, it's, valid and so i don't worry so much about that i mean some of the back end i'll find out who it is i'll message some of them like is that is that you too you making the filament for them too okay okay you can't officially tell me thanks that's all i need to know um but yeah so just try to keep that information so that people can find out you must have a heck of a database not do anything but yeah yeah, from a worldwide standpoint i'd like to do that so that's one of my personal goals but um Hell, what was the question? <laughs> well, I just uh, just tying, tying it back to this. So obviously you do tons of content oh, creation. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so, so I will go back to companies and say, we'd be glad to work with you. We're not asking a lot, but this is what, and sometimes I'll, people, they'll say absolutely. And sometimes they'll say, no, thank you. And sometimes they won't respond. Right. But as far as I'm concerned, if I find a really neat new filament and I want to buy it, I'm out $25. Mm-hmm. So... I, and I have a filament addiction, so I'll just buy it. So, and we are <laughs> yeah, still, so my husband and I, yeah. uh, Chris, are real estate agents, which gives us the ability to work at home a lot. Oh, okay. Oh. Real estate has gotten very busy right now, sure. but it gives us the ability to do both pretty easily. Well, that's an interesting combo. And that, yeah. that'd be funny. Yeah. So, and, and then you can, you know, some of your listings, you can just kind of move some printers over there and just, you know, and then move them to another Yeah, you place. know the houses are vacant. Yeah, because they're <laughs> yeah, vacant. We actually, we, that's a creative um, so use we're of in space. North Carolina. Um, we, we're in Raleigh, North Carolina, and my husband was at a house and in one, it was clearly a son's room. There was a 3D printer and they had Cinderwing and Cinderwing's Dragons and oh, Lexi cool. Factory's Dragons. And so he left a little note. And said something about filament stories, and the guy was really excited. And so we connected on Discord, and we're going to do something at some point. Oh, that's, that's the only nice. thing. It was really neat. Yeah. All right, I got a question for you from uh, yeah. Sithler Britt oh. right here. She goes, uh, "Hey, hey Sithler Britt, how do you store your coils? Your coils of filament, not the spools, but you know those little sample. Because I'm assuming you probably have a ton of those the little, samples. the little sample yeah. coils. Um, I have them. Most of them, I keep them in bags, and I have them." I have a bookshelf, and it's a not a bookshelf. That's a bookshelf depth. It was actually for DVDs. Okay. Oh, oh I see height. where you're and going. So I just stack them okay. like that. Okay. And that way, I can rifle through them. So were nice. you were you yeah. like a librarian in a former life, like maybe or anything no. like that? Because like, no, you just I have, have a, this. My neck. mother, 
I th- I I blame or credit my mother because I would be you know in her way, and she would say she's trying to cook, and she would say, "Could you do you think you could alphabetize my spices for me?" Oh, and that's how. And so I, you know, as a child, you want to help, right? Yeah. And so I would alphabetize her spices, and then she would say, "This this junk drawer is just. Could you think you could organize oh it?" And I was always so happy. Your to mom's have a helped. genius. <laughs> she nurtured. She nurtured it. It gets a bit OCD though. Yeah, but she, I mean that's interesting. So she kind of formed the the thing. But but she, yeah. how much of it do you think was it originally her just trying to keep you busy, versus like really getting you know? Because I have young kids, you have young kids as well, and so a yeah. lot of times it's like yeah, we'd love it if they um, are helpful. But a lot of times it's just like let's give them something to occupy their little brains that isn't a screen, you know, or something like that. And yeah. uh, I love that stuff. So I have I have two sides of it. My father was a collector. And he was a scientist and my mother and my mother does not like to collect anything, but my father's sort of pack radish. Uh, and so I got the collecting with the organization. And so it just works out. Yeah. You know, that's any, anything I get into, I get really into. Yeah. You just, you're a dive, dive right in. Yeah. Well, that, that's an interesting <laughs> combination because I, one of my biggest problems and may, I don't want to speak for you, Andrew, but, and I think maybe a lot of you guys out there listening can probably relate that it's, I oftentimes um, I get really excited about a new project, or I'll buy something, whether it's a piece of equipment or or, or mm-hmm. filament or materials or whatever, with zero thought about where it's gonna go, uh, and mm-hmm. like what what's the plan for this thing. And I know that I do that, and I still do that, right? And so it just it it just compounds the issue of disorganization. Um, and I, I'd be curious to know how maybe each of you tackle that pro. Project. So, for example, if um, uh oh, we lost uh, we lost we Andrew's lost feed. Uh, hopefully, he'll he'll pop back in. I don't know what happened there, but uh, Courtney, what? Well, the show must go on. Um, no, I can I can answer that. My yeah, mother what do you, had. What do you do? So again, again, I will blame slash credit my mother. And by the way, Sith Lord Britt and I both really love the organization. So she and I have talked about how we like to just. There's something enjoyable about it. People hate it or they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um. But my mother said there's a place for everything and everything should be in its place. Oh, and yeah. it's that first step that's yeah. missed a lot, right? Yeah. And yeah. so Chris just things he like nests and so things just sort of spread out. Mm-hmm. And so and he's like You're, the Chris nicest is your husband by for those of human yeah, yeah, nicest yeah. human ever. I don't know how he put up puts up with me. But I'll take <laughs> all the things that have no place and I'll just pile them boom, in one spot. And he's like, Oh yeah, I should find places for that. But uh-huh, when things get uh-huh. too crowded, right? I'm like, okay, we need to we need to look at this again from scratch. How can we handle this? What can we do to more effectively make use of space? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I do that a lot because when we're we're working in very tight spaces. Although I will tell you, we are not only do we have this. I'm just looking at this. Have pinball machines. We have mm-hmm. bowling alley glow in the dark carpet in here. What? Ooh. See, you can't tease me mm-hmm. like that, lady. Come on, you gotta you come gotta, visit. Should, yeah, come on down. <laughs> That sounds amazing. That. You're uh, on your way to yeah, opening up like a Dave and Buster's in your basement. It sounds like, or so, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Well, you got, you uh, already got the pinball machines, and we got the pinball machines. Get some He's bowling. Got more pinball machines here. Okay. I could fit so many printers over there. Oh, I just look at it longingly all the time. And I love them. They're they're wonderful. But um, yeah, but we have talked about. I guess to segue a little bit, Chris and I have talked about. I mean, we're maxing things out. And as much as I've taken up space in the guest room, the closet is full of 3D printing stuff. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. the whole, there's, the, people can get in and stay because I don't want to cramp them too much. But we need to look at something 
and to move into that space, whether we're renting a place, whether Mm -hmm. we move, we've sort of been talking about that and what that space would be. And I think the big question is, is when, because we are working with companies, but we're still at the point where I, I feel like we're still growing because the bigger you are, the more companies mm-hmm. want to work with you. And then we still have this one minute thing to get over. If right. it's one minute, but you've got a lot of people looking at it, one minute's all you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Unless it's an ab workout, in, in which case it's seven minutes. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Abs. Yeah. Uh, so, so <laughs> a way to, first of all, way to tie it back to the, to the theme, because, you know, I think that's something that we can all relate to, right? It's like we start in a certain space, Okay, mm-hmm. and Andrew, I want you to dive in on this because you're at that spot now where, you know, yep. uh, uh, Grant in the chat was like, wait, Gloop is still in the basement? Like, I think a lot of people are like, wait, you don't you work with chemicals? Like, how can you be doing that out of your basement? You can. I mean, yep. he's it's obviously it's a very uh, uh, org- organized space and restra- it's not like you're just, you know, mixing this on your kitchen counter and all that stuff. So, you yeah. know, just because it's mm-hmm. in your house doesn't mean that. You know, it's not done safely and uh, correctly, but uh, yeah. But you're, you know, you're at the point now where you're like, okay, if I want to grow, right, I mm-hmm. need to start looking at other options because you can't really hire people to come work out of your basement. Uh, oh, I guess you could. Yep. I don't know that I would uh, want to. I, um, I wouldn't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So talk, talk yeah. to us for a second about you know what what kind of the indicators for you are on growing out of your space? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we kind of grew out of the space a while ago. Um, I'd say probably about a year ago, but we keep making it work because we keep taking over different areas of my house. (laughs) Um, so, you know, we, at first we started, we were like, okay, Hey, we're going to use, you know, my basement. I had a kind of a makeshift lab set up. Uh, in the basement. And then, you know, it's like, okay, well, if we're going to seriously turn this into a production environment, we got to make this thing serious. So, you know, we have to add proper ventilation. We have to add some flooring, some spill protection, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of the, you know, like kind of just general lab stuff, better lighting, specific Mm -hmm. areas to store the chemicals, specific areas to store inventory. So that was a whole setup process. But when we did that, we got organized. We actually like, wow, there's actually quite a bit more space down here. Uh, and so, you know, we used that extra space and, uh, you know, we just kept, you know, moving along. Um, and then on the business side, you know, we started using my guest bedroom as essentially our office. That's where we do all of the day to day. Um, and you know, from there, you know, shipping and fulfilling orders, uh, you know, when you think about it, you're like, oh, hey, I need to ship this package to, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. You're, as an individual, you're shipping one package. Mm-hmm. And for a while, you know, we were shipping one, two, three packages a day. Now we're doing, you know, like 20, 30, 50 packages a day. Right. That takes up a lot of space. So right. how do we make it so that we could actually ship those many packages in a single day uh, without taking up all the space? Because, you know, the office that we work out of is is 13 by 13 square feet. And that's all we get. Oh so yeah. that's yeah. thankfully for, for thankfully us. You have a small you know, product had, too, for the most part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have yeah. a small product, but thankfully for us as well, like, you know, my house has uh, 10 foot ceilings. Uh, so it was really nice to just build up. Um, but mm-hmm. where we are now is, is like, we know that in order to continue growing, uh, you know, there's a lot of really cool products that we have in the pipeline. 
but I can't produce them fast enough. Right. I can't produce what we have fast enough because I am physically at capacity for our lab. Uh, And in order to add more, you know, elements to our lab, I I need more space, but I can't just make more space in my kitchen or in my living room. So, so that's where, you know, we have to figure out, it's like, okay, well, now we're in the search for space. We have to figure out, can we get something that we can turn into a lab or can we find, you know, an old lab or, or whatever. Uh, It's, it's a lot of crazy stuff. (laughs) Well, in, in one of the, you know, as a, as a business and stuff, one of the the biggest hurdles and challenges I can speak, you know, for myself personally is that it's such, it feels like such a leap going from your garage to that first space because you're absorbing Mm -hmm. all of this overhead that you never had before. Right. And so it becomes very easy when you're bootstrapped, especially to be like, I'm not ready because I can't afford it yet and all this stuff. But it's not necessarily the best decision for the business to basically hobble yourself by Mm -hmm. being chained to, you know, your constraints, but you need to grow, you know, you're this big, beautiful butterfly, Andrew, and you need to be able to break (laughs) out of your cocoon. Okay. Just, yeah. And you need to fly. You need to, I mean, Courtney knows, right. You know, you got to fly. I know. know. I'm he's he's the big, beautiful butterfly. Yeah. So, um, so (laughs) Ransom makes had a quick question and said about, I'm going to jump and then I want to answer this because I have a, a, yeah perspective on it too but so from a non-3d printing related my husband and i are real estate agents so we work at home aside from when we're working with clients and during the pandemic we were at home a lot more although business is crazy right now but that gives us the ability to not have to hustle as hard with filament stories because the only thing my focus with filament stories is to show filaments to connect people with beautiful filaments and try mm-hmm. to do that in as non-biased a way on a filament by filament basis. Because when I'm showing this filament today, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about it. And I'm not necessarily going to compare it to the next filament because there are a lot of really, today there's a lot of good filament. Mm-hmm. Five, seven years ago, there was not a lot of good filament. Yeah, comparison. No, it's but so I want to connect filament to people and people to filament companies. That's really my goal with filament stories. I do not print to sell. I know there are a lot of people that print mm-hmm. and, and sell models and I, that, but mm-hmm. I have not doing at all what you're doing, Andrew, which is I mail zero things and put you too. Yep. You mail stuff. I mail nothing. <laughs> yeah. We so all of that stuff. that you all have to deal with, I have none of that because I don't right. sell and that makes it easy. And, and so from that standpoint, I have that easy. One of the challenges that we've talked about, because my husband and I are like, how do we move to a bigger space? Do we look at getting something like Joel has his space? Um, Mm -hmm. We've Mm -hmm. got uh, Stefan has a new space. Uncle Jesse has a highly envious space. I just to mention how (laughs) jealous I am of his space. I know. but, (laughs) But if you think about that, if I am printing models that I am trying to have them look as good. And as you guys know, nothing ever fails. No. If it's mm-hmm. in your basement no, and you wake up in the middle of the night and you pull domain. up Octoprint yeah. and you can haul out of bed and run downstairs and fix it. <laughs> if it's even 10 minutes away, you've got a minimum 20 minute trip yeah. just to do something that might take five minutes. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's one of the point. things that we have been talking about. Do we look at maybe changing where we live to a space or that would sleep. accommodate more? Because <laughs> I would, I mean, I, I I do want to do other videos and I do videos on YouTube sometimes about other topics. Like I did the, um, the mosaic palette. Cause I think that's really interesting. And I've yep. done, we did one on the, um, homebrew doing co-extrusion yourself. So I like doing other related 
videos sure. on 3D printing, but I don't plan on selling. But well, how do I expand what we're doing right. in a way that doesn't involve 20 minutes of drive every time I need to do something for five minutes? Or mm -hmm. or I'm here. If the children need me, mom, can you fix me lunch? Yeah. I'm like, hold on. I've got a hot nozzle. You know what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there. You know? <laughs> so that's hot been a big part of the conversation. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's and it's an interesting one because obviously we are product based businesses and you're a service based business, right? So yeah. you're you're mm -hmm. and and each have their own benefits and and drawbacks and spatial requirements, um, for for different reasons, right? So you're obviously you're storing a lot of filament since that's kind filament. of your main yeah. thing. You know, you have you have printers, but like I've got massive print farm, massive being yeah. relative. You know, we have a. a a, a decent sized print farm. Um, and we have laser cutting and big equipment that takes up space and requires ventilation and electrical drops and all kinds of stuff that m maybe your average business doesn't have to consider when they're looking at spaces. Um, for me, uh, that's a major investment in, in getting mm -hmm. a space to the way I need it to be just to operate for manufacturing. Yeah. Um, and so I become very pot committed to my space because I've spent just countless late nights working on everything and the, the thought of doing it all over again in, in a bigger space <laughs> is just mind numbing to me, but it, it has to happen. And so what, you know, when I, when I'm talking to Andrew, Andrew's equivalently, I would say where we were probably about two, two and a half years ago. Um, where we were getting out of the garage and getting into our um, first space. And now I'm mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'm at the sp spot where I think I can probably, I, I mean, I can. I can continue to operate where I'm at, but at what point am I preventing myself from breaking out of that cocoon and flying, you know, um, because I'm too tied to my own, I don't know if it's just ego or, you know, my, my commitment to like what I've done versus like, I'm fearing the work now that here's the thing. I think mm -hmm. for me, I'm starting to realize like the time is going to be right when I have more help to get that done, more financial resources, all that stuff to actually get that done in, in a, uh, an expedient way. Right. It's, it's not me doing all those things. Hopefully uh, I'll still have to do probably a lot of it for this, but eventually when you move to, you see companies grow, they go to a bigger and bigger space and it's like, there's, you know, freight companies that are doing all the moving and then you have mm -hmm. you hire the electrician and the hvac guy and all that stuff and so you throw money at the problem not your hours <laughs> like andrew we've talked countless times about you know when you're lean you you're trading your time for your money mm -hmm. and yep. at a point you have to recognize and cross over that it's like okay this is actually going to be way more effective for me to spend some money here than to try to spend the time on it and that's yep. as a maker a big challenge because we just see a problem and we're like, well, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. And and in the mm -hmm. independent, you know, we had Andrew was visiting uh, HQ last week, and we had this conversation multiple times. Any of these things that you identify by themselves seem trivial, but in the aggregate, mm -hmm. and given the you know all the demands of our time and our day, um, mm -hmm. you got to pick, you got to pick and choose and, and how do you do it? And there's no right or wrong answer necessarily. You know, we try to mm -hmm. prioritize and strategize those things, but, um, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, you're going to have to just start doing it. 
and and yep. figure it out on your own what's going to work and there's going to be false starts i mean that yep. that's a i think that's a great segue to the next question i've got for you guys about space is that um you, you never get it right the first time a lot of at least for me mm-hmm. you know it's like oh, I'll, yeah. I'll create a space or i'll think i'll have this great vision that i sketched out on paper and then I'll start doing it. And I'm like, no, 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 this is all wrong. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, the tangible space versus the the theoretical space. We 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 are used to working in CAD and all that stuff. Have you guys have had, had that moment where you know your best laid plans just ended up not feeling right? And how many iterations did it take on a space until you felt like you kind of felt you found the optimal use for it? Hmm. Uh, Courtney, you want? Let's start with you. Um. Okay, let me answer that in two weeks. Well, first of all, Bladeborn Studio said that they um, had looked to move and ended up going with in-house, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the way we're leaning because just we need that proximity. But when you're talking about looking at the space you want, I'm going to get to your question, but, give, but when no, no, we look ahead. at the space that you want, you know, if you hear water, somebody's running the dishwasher upstairs it's all right here it's this is what happens in. when they your space is in the, me- the mechanical room um, I don't know if you hear. but <laughs> um we look at it and as you know stuff just gets bigger than you think it is and so that's what we're saying if we're going to move and that's a big step right because moving is like the last thing you want to do is move and then have that dedicated space and it's not be enough but then of course mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to balance how much it's going to be. So in this space, we are looking at how much space we have and then trying to determine what we think we might need. And then I'm telling Chris we need to double it. And he's like, what? And I'm like, just because it never is what you think it's going to be. It's always more. Right. But mm-hmm. we have iterated over this space so, so many times. Right. right. Because I'll get it to where it works and then there'll be stuff everywhere underneath the um underneath all machines is stacks of seven videos that need to be recorded or filmed right and that shouldn't be under there but i don't have any other space to, so then i need to figure out what's a better way to do that to stage videos mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, we get it right and it never stays right for long and right. that's because we continue to either a grow or b collect more stuff <laughs> yeah both yeah both. yeah 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 um I, well andrew you know we talk about the the term the power of the pivot all the time and i think this mm-hmm. applies this applies to your space just as much as anything that you can't yep. fear that you're not going to get it right the first time and that you know takes some a lot of times it just takes some working in the space to really get the vision you need it you does know? or get the path mm-hmm. you know what so what are your thoughts yeah, so you know, with with us, um, you know, we we've gotten it wrong a couple of times, but in the sense of getting it wrong, it was really just a oh hey, we could be better optimized, we could lay this out a little bit better, um, and, and you know, as we're right now actually looking to expand into another space, we are spending probably a lot more time than we should be, but uh, in the planning phase. Uh, Thankfully for us, we've had a we've had a product that we've manufactured that really hasn't changed since day one. We've changed some of the formulas, we've changed you know some of the the processes, but ultimately speaking, 
It's the same product that we were manufacturing four and a half years ago. So we understand that process really well. And mm. there's there's a few things that we've like we've added on recently. We have now kind of a semi-automated, you know, uh, line where we'll we'll take the bottles and it'll be labeled automatically, and there it comes off. We also have, uh, you know, heat shrink uh, a- applicator, so it'll apply, you know, heat shrink banding to our bottles. Mm. Um, so all of these things, like we've figured out how to stuff into our current space. Okay. But um, y- yeah, no, you're absolutely right that uh, you know you believe that you're going to get it wrong. But also, I think there's a big portion that a lot of people kind of gloss over at first. Um, And I kind of go back to uh, when I had my uh, original startup, we manufactured server platforms. Those took a lot of space to actually do. And the first place that we were in, we were in a small little office building and it just it wasn't going to work. So then we moved to a kind of a co-working space uh, where we could like kind of branch out. And then eventually we took over an entire floor. It was like 30,000 square feet, <laughs> which was ridiculous. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we had set it up in such a way that we knew that we were going to grow and we were going to, you know, expand. And so that's some of the things that we're kind of factoring into our planning now is like, what could we do to grow and expand into um, knowing where we want to be, uh, planning for your own success, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, so Courtney, let me ask you this then, like what, when you're thinking about a space, when you go into a new space and you, you, now that I've learned that you're a real estate, you've seen a lot of spaces out there and you probably yeah. see just amazing things where you're like, Oh my gosh, I wish I had that. Cause I would do this, that, and the other thing with it. When you have a client that wants an expensive house, you get to see amazing things. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you <laughs> do. Not all of them. Not many of them are that. Yeah. But, but when you're, when you're looking at a space and you're, you know, how much planning do you do? How much sketching or drawing do you do and how much do you just like just start trying to like move things around you seem like a really tactile hands-on person to me but i don't maybe i'm wrong like are you 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 just do it or do you it it depends on well first of all chris and i stepped back and said what do we think we would ideally need Mm -hmm. and we would be able to and would be able to manage growth because as i don't i want to have a lot of printers because I like printers, but not because we're print farming because one of the things I like with having more printers, you have bandwidth. There's nothing better than having a printer that's not printing because when you need to print something, you have a printer that's available to print it. Sure. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I, I like that as, as an option, but I don't foresee having loads of printers. I do foresee having a lot of filament because, but so we talked about that. How much would we want to have space wise for filament? How would we store it? Mm-hmm. And I looked at some pictures online and I think about the library when you go down, you know, you've got, you walk down the row and the book height, yeah, I would love yeah. to have something like that. Right. Yeah. And just some stacks. And anyway, so, but we can, you know, where can we put that or can we put it on the wall? How much linear footage do we need for printers? We would want some that would be racks cause you can double stack them. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. might be really tall. Like what about a Delta printer? You know, that takes up a lot of room. Sure. I don't know the future. Maybe there's going to be a printer that's going to be a floor printer. So having open space for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, right. And then a studio, because as nice as this is right here, I have, so there's a pull down when, when we have like a white or a back, uh, black backdrop, it's uh, we roll it down right here and on top of this table and then we film. And then if I'm going to be filmed, it's same, the same thing. We just roll it up. I've got black, white, green other colors and then i have printers over here 
So if the printers are all printing, you can't film. Yeah. So now I have to time when I, but they're time lapsing. So, so there's a lot of coordination to get things filmed, to get things printed. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And so having spaces that are, that are dedicated. So those are the things that we've been talking about and thinking about how much space is that? Right. And so you, if we're mm-hmm. looking at a place with a basement, because I, I mean, I, I really, I like the, I, I feel comfortable in a basement. It just feels like a maker's <laughs> like space. Like a true maybe. nerd, like a basement dweller. I the basement. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what we've been talking about. And uh-huh. if it's sometimes basements, if it's a full basement. Now, I, know I saw Grant saying that he wished they had basements in Florida. Yeah. Um, Which I'm in North Carolina. Which replied so... would be a swimming pool, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think bog. I think actually Sithler Britt said that, swimming pool. But yeah. basements in North Carolina um, are not uncommon but they're not completely common and so the house okay. that we're on now is on a little bit of a hill so we have a half basement a walkout basement or a daylight basement yeah. daylight basement which yeah. is really nice because our office we have windows and then the children go outside see, and i know realtor talk too see daylight basement <laughs> I can so sell that, a house. come on if there are other and then and then storage yeah storage is big because we have an attic so i have to go up from the basement and then go up to anyway so having storage so we've been talking about all of that and then i've been bumping it up in square footage so chris is you know because i just know how it's going to grow sure well yeah and and that might be the thing you're probably a couple steps ahead and i think that's always the way it's like oh you know when i can afford it and that you you kind of have that next dream yeah which is great because i think it helps kind of define you know what the next leap will be i think a lot of the time we just don't spend the time to sit down and just do some basic you know brainstorming around what like what you're saying what is the what is the use of this space right like and and how many shared uses do i need to have you're you're kind of identifying like the the crux of like the tiny home movement where it's like yeah you can actually do a lot right with a very tiny space but the the trade off is is that you organization becomes so important because it's like you have to clean your dishes off so you can fold your bed down at the end of the day every day or what, you know, whatever. And so the trade off for, for having a small amount of space is, uh, um, you know, the need to constantly be maneuvering stuff. I think about like trailers, like I used to have a toy hauler and there would be like the sink, but then the sink could also be covered over with a cutting board because, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, uh, space, right? And so, you know, there's really cool, neat ways. I've seen so many people do really cool stuff with their basement. Chuck Hellebuck did a thing where he had like a fold up and down print table. So it's oh, like yeah. when he needed to work yeah. on it, he folded it down. Mm-hmm. He used it as like the Murphy bed of uh, workbenches. Um, <laughs> and, and which is, which is really cool. And it's great. It's using the wall space. So when I think about defining a space, a lot of times we, we limit ourselves one, uh, like I said earlier, in, in not, utilizing all that third dimension but um a lot of times too just adding some like walls are a great space definer and i think we live in an era you can talk about real estate where it's open floor plans and we want these big wide spaces but what that does is it kills the definition of the use case of the space right so we used to see a lot more galley Mm -hmm. kitchens and purpose-built dining rooms and those are not really as in vote or living rooms or sitting rooms or whatever you want to call them um yeah and you would have more walls basically to hang things on or to define the space or segment because mm-hmm. here, here's the thing space, you know, it, it, it says like, it's like a, a gap, like your stuff 
is like a gas. It always expands to fill the space that's available. Always does. Right? And so when you have this big space, you know, thinking about Uncle Jesse's big space and stuff like that, like the way he's probably not using it nearly in an optimal fashion because it might have this great big open airy feel. But the trade-off is is that, you, you know, you've got all this volume that you're just like walking in between things. So what, yeah. what I do in a lot of our spaces when we're trying to optimize is I'll get those racks and I will, will purposefully like create aisles and walls yes. and workspaces where you can actually kind of, you can get a lot more, you know, Andrew's been down there. You've seen, we kind of mm-hmm. have this, this inventory, like li- think about like why libraries are rows of shelving and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Right. So you have just yeah. enough space to travel and work where you need to, but now you've yep. got more that you can do with with that space and so i you know we, we hang printers on the wall we hang printers on the ceiling and, and yes it's a little bit silly you know but you could do that like we could probably get a ton more use you know out of the space and so but the, there's a trade-off too on the feel of the whole thing like i don't want somebody to just feel like we just and 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 it's i'm i feel claustrophobic Courtney, we talked ahead of the show, you know, we don't yeah. like feeling like we're working inside of a coffin all the time either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's, I, I, wait, hold on. Who has, who has, <laughs> who has 20 racks? Oh, wait, five muscle racks in the master bedroom. This is Born Blaine's studio. Can hold yeah. 20 printers comfortably. Oh, I like the sound of that. But yeah, yeah the, the, the rows with the racks mm-hmm. is great. Um, and that's a good use of space because you can go down, but I don't want it too claustrophobic. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's trade-offs. I we, I love, so Bladeborn Studios, I, um, a studio, I, we use a ton of that rack. I think I probably have like 30 of them at some, you at have a point. lot of it. <laughs> I, and it's my favorite because I think for bang for the buck wise, it's really strong stuff. It's modular. It's easy to break down and maneuver. Cause we talked earlier, like I don't always get it right the first time and I don't feel so beholden to the space. Like some of it, you can bolt it down, you know, for safety. So like all the racks that we have the printers on and stuff are bolted back to the wall and stuff like that. But you can also put paneling on the backside of it and actually physically create a wall with it. Like it is strong enough. I don't know that it's technically endorsed this way, but like you can use it as basically like steel framing where we could build a a floor above it. uh, And it would, (laughs) if you space, space these uprights, like it it would be strong enough. Um, It is certainly not intended that way, but like they're designed to hold, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 pounds, depending on which one you get and how long the spans are. But it's great stuff. It's great stuff. And unfortunately, like the cost of them, like everything has doubled in the last like year or two because of the cost of steel. But it's still a fantastic value. And we use it for everything from inventory to workbenches to printer rack store. And we're not even optimizing that. Like our print farm, we only do two tiers, right? Because of the, there's an ergonomic consideration that I have. Like, yes, we could put, we could probably go four high on those things in an eight foot yeah. ceiling room if we wanted to. But then you're, you know, down operating on the floor or you're up on a stool and you've got safety issues. So it's one thing if you're in your house and it's just you, but it's a whole nother thing if you've got employees you know, and you're trying to create a safe work environment uh, as well. So there's there's always those considerations and trade-offs. We have the Cobra Max on a rack with a Mark III above it, which I'm using for two time lapse. And I have to do I have to stool up to get to the Mark III because that Cobra is so mm-hmm. tall. Um, yeah, practical printing, wiring, power. Yeah, we had to run two extra circuits to this to our mechanical room. We now have two extra circuits in here. Wow, yeah. absolutely. 
and and I got to tell you, especially people getting into three, yeah, say I don't think safety. Again, we we probably do a lot of shortcuts. Like I realized when I first got started, I was printing a ton of ABS, and it didn't even occur to me how much like I was actually reacting to the particulate and the the off gassing like from that process because I was just like working in my office with no real ventilation, just running ABS in the in the open. I know they say like yeah, don't do that and all that, but. But obviously, as you get into a professional space, like you have to have dedicated ventilation. You you get to a size where OSHA has to approve things and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so An- Andrew admonished me for like a lot of little things that we even still like. As much as I try to be mindful of that, we're just moving at the speed of you know light, and we're not even thinking like. Oh, he pointed out. He's like, you don't even have good labeling on your. Um, on your IPA bottles, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, I wrote in Sharpie IPA on it. And he's like, no, 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 that's not going to cut it, you know? And there should be a cabinet <laughs> for these things and all that stuff. And so I'm like, okay, cool. You know, you can, yeah, I think you can get away with saying, I don't know for, for only so long, but then when you start doing this at a pro level, the, the needs, you mm-hmm. know, kind of change. And so sometimes your space, you have to sacrifice things for different, like Rusty's saying, like, you you can't just jam like twenty electrical outlets on one circuit, uh, or you know have Things have people working and yeah, it's uh, there's all yeah. kinds of safety issues that that arise from that. So lots of consideration. And, and- well, and these things, some of those are dollar amount things in order to meet that. And all of this is as you get bigger and yep. you are making an investment in potentially different space than you're in right now, like different than my mechanical room and my closet under the stairs and my guest room, which are the three main places um, that that comes with a price. And when is the right time to do that? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we're fortunate in that I have the bandwidth to do a lot of filament stories work while at the same time, not having to take the leap that some people have to do to, am I going to keep my job or not? Right. Because I am self-employed as a real estate agent and I am at will working. I can either accept work or not. So mm-hmm. I am able to do um, work with filament stories. Like we um, uh, have a partnership with, I don't know if it's a partnership. We're doing uh, Protopasta's social media this year. And so yeah. this yeah. has been a lot of fun. Yeah, we're producing. I mean, they're putting some stuff out on their own, but they were like, we're really good at making filament. We are terrible at social media. Can you help us out? Yeah. And yeah. so it's been a lot of fun. And I like Protopasta. Those guys are just absolutely great. Oh, yeah. Um, Shout out Protopasta. So that it- love you, Alex, huh? Dustin. Love I, you. I just talked I to them last wonderful. night. Yeah, no. Great yeah, dudes. they're wonderful. Um, and just talk about the easiest thing. We were like, should we do this? And we're like, yeah, let's do that. And we're like, okay, let's go do it. I mean, you know, just not, we don't, we don't have a contract. We were just like, let's just do it. Yeah. So we made a, a gentleman's agreement. Was it so a lady and gentleman's agreement? Gentle persons. Gentle persons <laughs> agreement because we were yeah. like, when it, if this doesn't work out, we'll just stop. So it's been great working with them this year, but that's another thing that is, we are doing a significant portion of our time developing content that's not for filament stories, which is one of the reasons we're so backed up. Um, so, well, but it's that, been so much fun. And that's, but that's the trade-offs, just right? Like you, you, you want to yeah. be sustainable. And so it's like, yes, of yeah. course, uh, you know, I, I think any content cr- creator can relate. It's like you have your sponsorships and maybe they're not the, the most exciting things, but that's what helps keep the lights on and helps mm-hmm. keep you going. Yeah. And so you do a little bit of that. You do a little bit of, and um, you know, hopefully you find a good, good balance of those things yeah so that's great yeah i mean it's it's been but there are a lot of people who are working really hard hours that they're not at their primary job and they're wanting to make a go of it and it is 
something they have to take a leap to do it full time. And then if you are out of space, that is a huge decision. If we're going to move houses yeah, because of yeah. 3D printing, mm-hmm. and there will be other reasons, but sure. when we talk about it, we're not like, boy, it should would be really would be nice to have that fancy kitchen. No, we're like, yeah. so how big do you think the print room should be? Do we need two sets? <laughs> one for this and one for the backdrop? Right. Yeah. Right. And how, what are these, you know, how do you do like, this is the nice to have versus this is the must yeah. have, you know, so you got to do a little prioritization, but it's a good exercise. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it, it I is. think it's great. I want to get to uh, a question that Jeff had earlier that was actually specific to 3D printing, but I'm going to create a little bit of a... Um, uh, a metaphor, if you will. He was asking about like, what do you find the, the optimal way to like load oh, a yeah. print build plate with? And I, th- I find that really interesting in this subject because it's, it's talking about a specific spatial efficiency and considerations and trade-offs, just like we're talking about with physical spaces. Right. And so when I first got started, I think that the, the first thing that anybody that's getting into 3d printing is oftentimes thinking is like, well, I'll get the biggest printer I can because I can always yep. load up the plate with as much stuff as I can fit on there. And, uh, and that's going to be great. And you learn really quickly that oftentimes, you know, the ones at the corners will pop off or if you can end up with cascading failures where one part might release and then crash into the other ones and stuff. And yes, there are, uh, things, uh, pieces of software like cancel object and whatever, where you can, if you're like Courtney and you catch it, like sleeping and you hear that click, and you're like, what was that? And then you flee, you know, down to the printer print room and, and, and address it in time. If you catch it, that's great. And of course, there's things like spaghetti detective and automation that we try to have and stuff. But nothing is perfect. Um, yeah. We settled on an interesting compromise of the two things. Like we focus in and, I'm, and when I say we at RepCord for the parts that we're printing regularly for production where we know uh, it's the same part and we optimize like these trays for it. We do a couple different things. A lot of our technique is we'll just do one up or we'll do a continuous print style where we'll print and then move to the back of the plate and then we'll start another print there, or we will print and knock off, or we will do what I call like model building, uh, where we'll sprue everything together in one mass of parts that then the end user will just easily pull apart um, for a couple different reasons. One, it kind of, the more mass, not always, but just generally speaking that you, you put on more surface area that you have like adhesion on uh, that can be more ideal, but that's more of a quality control piece for us where we'll, we'll do it that way so that when you pull it off, you know that you've got all 13 parts. It's very clear. You're not counting oh, or if, like if pieces fly off or whatever, you don't accidentally put only 12 instead of 13 in a bag. Um, and mm-hmm. so we, we do it different ways. And I think the right answer is it depends like anything on what, the model is what you're trying to achieve, um, all that stuff. If you've got the time uh, to just run a print, you know, we'll, we'll oftentimes purposefully like say like, okay, well, is this going to run overnight? So to tie it back to this, the space thing, it's, you, you have to do a little planning ahead of time and analyze like, what is the, what are the big, what are the goals and what are the trade-offs, right? Like, yep. I want this to be able to go unattended overnight. And again, I know people have opinions on whether or not you should leave printers unattended overnight and all that <laughs> stuff. But um, you know, when you're when you're developing strategies like something like you have a big bed like your GMAX, Jeff, um, I understand that you want it to be able to just run, but you you know you're gonna have to make those decisions. So I don't know if that helps exactly. And I think there's a, no- a number of different ways you can attack it. Just like you know, 
how to how to plan out your use of any space. What do you guys think? I just saw a fix some dude kit card. Absolutely. I was thinking the same yeah, thing. Yeah, fix some dude does that with his yeah, kit cards kit too. Card. Yeah. No, that's a really yeah. great idea because I do have I worry filling the the bill plate. And you just you miss it at the one point that it's gonna everything's gonna go and you don't catch mm -hmm. it in time to do that. So I typically don't do full bill plate. Look at the sprue technique, though, Jeff, because huh? I'll tell you, the other benefit of that is that it'll retain physically the part like so that it can't cascade and fail in the same way. So if you lose a piece, you can still um, don't run the risk of dominoing on the whole thing like because it has that sprue that's kind of connecting it. Uh, yeah, it, it would have to pull like the whole thing. It's kind of a neat little thing. So maybe it takes it's a, a little extra uh, post-processing, but it's uh, it's a trick we use. So just a thought. Andrew, any uh, any feels on this? Well, I mean, you know, we don't really use our printers for production. Uh, you know, we just use them for testing or building out, you know, small models that we hopefully will use in marketing or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, in in terms of you know just general space, like plan on how you're going to use it. So, like with your printer, you know, what what are you getting your printer for? What are you going to what are you going to use it for? What's the intention? Um, it, you know, I had a buddy who wanted to get this ridiculously large printer because he had one part that he wanted to print that it was just massive. And it's like, well, there are other options. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to print it all in one go. Yeah, so. no, you don't. But, uh, you know, I, I get it. It's like when you have a, he's talking mm -hmm. about he prints those uh, parts for Project Enable, which does prosthetic hands. Uh, if you haven't heard sure. of that, by the way, guys, check it out. Really good project. But obviously tons of little pieces and parts. And so it's like run a print take it off run another one like that's really time consuming yeah you're like you you could look you should get the clock spring model the there that's the gumbrella right? the gumbrella the mega the brawly yeah so yeah if you're printing all those parts individually that's a good amount of time management and you realize really quickly too you're actually spending a lot of i call it travel time you know loading and unloading parts while it seems trivial like for over the in the aggregate adds up you know, and so we're we're trying to think of ways to to keep hands off for as long as possible via different techniques. The sprue thing, Jeff. By the way, you only need like a millimeter, you know, thing. You don't want so much. You should, you should ideally, it, it will create a clump where when you pull it off, it'll it'll stay together. But very with very minimal force with PLA or PETG, you can just kind of break them apart. So we use like I think like a one millimeter thick, uh, and you know a point four point six. You know, very thin layer height, too. The other thing you might do is use it as a bridge. Bring it up off the bed where, where the sprues aren't uh, there, and it, it creates your break points. Uh, they, they tend to break way cleaner, at least for the parts we were doing. So you don't have to necessarily put the sprues directly on the bed, either. Uh, I love practical printing's idea. What did he say? Uh, automated spruing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm borrowing that from the injection molding term, guys. The sprue was always mm -hmm. the part that kind of connected the, or is the gate sprues and gates that would connect the molded mm -hmm. pieces. Now right? you got skirt yeah. brim sprue. Well, sprue is not a typical 3d printing term. I'm like, I said, I'm kind of stealing it. I don't know if it's the best descriptor, yeah. but I think it's I like relatable. It. Like it, think about the vote. old, old model model builders. If you're, if you're into that or the kit kit cards that, you know, yeah. fix some dude did, but I think it's a cool underutilized technique. Uh, and one of these days, Courtney, I got to, you know, pick your, I feel like I've got a lot of little short tips that we'd use that I would love to do. It's just, I don't, I don't do a lot of content creation. Unlike you, you're the yeah. opposite side of the thing. Let's you don't get do a lot together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I think there'd be tons of interesting stuff that we probably do that would 
just you know how well, we do I, our laser cutting tricks, how we do our printing tricks, that kind of stuff. Pooch's bag of tricks. Yeah, I, well, I do Tooltip Tuesday. We could do Printing Tip Thursday. Printing tips. We need a P day. Yeah, for a good P day. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Tuesday, like pterodactyl with a P in front of it. Yeah, um, there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's, you know, a bit of a digression from, from the, the main conversation, but it's, I think it's time to, to try to tie it all up with a nice bow guys. We'll wrap up the, the spatial consideration. I know that like we usually do, it's like, we talk about it. We're going to say we have ideas and stuff, but we didn't really give any answers. Right. You know, so it's like, we said, well, well, how do you know? Like, I think I'm going to, I'm going to hold you guys to this a little bit. I want to pin you guys down. When you're making the decision, like if you're if you're seriously spelling out the criteria of like when is it time? Is it a dollar figure? Mm -hmm. Is it a is it a um a time you know use thing? Like how do how do we what's the calculus for it? Like how do we give some people some rails to operate in here when they're when they're trying to make decisions? For for us, it was a dollar figure. Um, you know, we we wanted to make for sure that we had the ability to you know, hold the space, maintain the space, but also at the same time, we needed, we needed to hit a level at which it actually made sense to get our own space. Yeah. We were making do with the house. We were, you know, we still are making do we could make do for the next six months, maybe heck who knows even a year with some better techniques for optimization, but it's reached a point where it's actually hindering us from being able to grow further. It, you know, we have these processes where it's like, okay, well, hey, we have to make, you know, our caps. So we have to go through where we have to pull them out of inventory and then go through the process of building those caps in a batch and then call that good and then move to the next task. And we have to put all of those away because if we don't, we don't we're not going to have space. So now it's like, okay, well, it, it, it was a, it was a, timeline consideration or the, the amount of time invested and as well as a, as a cost. Okay. Okay. What about, what are your key indicators, Courtney? What are you thinking? So I, I've got two things and this would be, I guess I would extrapolate this to beyond me. I think number one thing is money, right? It, you shouldn't be investing and going someplace if you're not in a position where you think, as Andrew had said, you can make it there and stay there. But then mm -hmm. the question is where is it? does it make more sense? Like for me, I think in the home is better because of the proximity I'm going to need with printers. But the other reason that that works is because I don't need to hire employees. Mm -hmm. If I have someone that's going to work with me, they can do it in their location and can send us the resources. Yeah. So, and you have a business where that's help. practical for you. Yeah. For sure. And so that works really well. And so that I think it's, you know, and, but the timing is the other thing. Can we make do here? Yeah, we can make do here. I'll just, put filament in my children's bedrooms closets <laughs> well you get the move purples out and you have enough. the blues <laughs> um you know it's uh first of all people uh run businesses out of their homes for the entire course of their business very successfully and so depending on what you're doing like that is more than adequate like a lot of times you, i think it all comes down to you just need to do some planning you need to sit down and spend some time actually thinking about it what is the space you need? Like, what can I do? And I would give the advice that I give, like, you know, students in school, stay as long as you can in the, you know, in the, in the, in the space, because getting out into the big real world is scary uh, stuff. And you're adding more and more uh, complexity to your, to your life. Obviously we do that. Like I look at the next space and I'm like, well, geez, I want to get just, you know, we're in 17 
50 square feet right now. Uh, and I'm like, well, the next space, I want it to be like 50,000 square feet so we can just grow, grow, grow. And it's like, no, you, you're going to, you don't want to overbuy. I'm going to, you have to allow yourself like appropriate incremental steps. Mm-hmm. steps and not just try to do it all at once. Cause you're going to waste a ton of, well, and the other, uh, the other thing is today, as opposed to a number of years ago, you can have a very serious, well-respected business out of your home. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So it's not something that is, I think, in any way negative. Yeah, I think for it. And again, it becomes just a completely different thing for a product based company where it's like yeah. to grow like we really do mm-hmm. need more people like for a service like you're right. You can operate. You can subcontract. You can you can strike deals. So we don't we don't have to do it all ourselves. Like we have vendors and like we make decisions all the time. Do we make it here or do we farm it out? And what's you mm-hmm. know, what's worth the trade off? And so that's a lot of that planning as well, too. Like as tempting as it is to want to do it all ourselves, sometimes that is not always the best business decision. So you really need to do look at this as objectively as possible and try to take the personal and that's hard for me and that's hard for a lot of makers that want to just mm-hmm. do it all ourselves, right? Like no, like what is best for the business, not you because you're so in- emotionally involved here, you know? Calm down, pooch. Smack smack. Um, yeah, so the, those are, those it, are, wasn't it you that said know when to hire experienced people, know when to get out of your own way? Did yeah. you say that? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I probably stole that. Like I do every, every <laughs> profound thing that I say, it might've been Andrew too. I take credit. credit. I take credit, credit for his stuff all the time, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's true. I mean, I, and I think, you know, I think Liz was saying at the top of the show too, it's like, I'm really good at, at helping other people get organized, but I'm terrible doing it myself. It's like, I know what I need to be doing. I just don't always apply it to my own practice. So do what I say, not what I do, everybody. And, uh, and you'll be fine <laughs> and you'll be fine. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. this is not, there's no answer, one answer to this. Right. Right. Um, so, really quick. Yeah. I want to sh- shout out my buddy, uh, James Blackburn, my, my homie, my brother from another mother, my machinist. He, uh, he runs NorCal machine, does a lot of our machining work. He's been helping us with, uh, the Revo, the custom belt nozzles we're doing, uh, some of the CR 30 kits, uh, really talented dude, uh, background in injection molding. He says, uh, technically we want to call these, uh, what we've been saying sprues, they're runners. So you can pick with it, but you guys all have the idea. It's the, the piece that connects everything together, the glue that binds. Uh, and he had a great comment, uh, general order for facility planning for manufacturing. But he's, he's been in a lot of manufacturing this shops over the years. I like this. Money, space, safety, people, power, time, quality, efficiency. Run that in a loop in that order, and that's how I was taught. That's a really great way to tie it all up. So you, you got to con- consider all of those uh, factors and, mm-hmm. and that's your optimization pay piece, right? Cause without money, you can't do any of it without space. And so I can see the progression, right? Like yeah. the, these are the, this is the, what we were talking about last week, kind of minimum viable product, right? You start with money, then you have the space, then you have the show. Yeah. What is it? You, you get the, and then you iterate back on that loop. First now you get the money, money, then you so get the sugar. Space. Then you get yeah. the women. Yeah. No, that's the, that was like my, one of my favorite Simpsons quotes. Um, great, great tip. Great tip. Um, and Pez Liz says she's doing it this weekend. She's, uh, she's making room for her mini. Well, we want to hear Yay. Uh, on the socials, uh, Liz, how that goes. So make sure you, you snap some good photos of maybe do some before and after for us. What do you think? Is it your first Prusa? 
I can't be her first Prusha. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Maybe. good for her. Uh, any other parting thoughts for our, our folk here? No? I, I think you did I've a great job tying it up for us, Pooch. Run, <laughs> you, run you guys all ragged. Buy more filament. Filament's great. Buy, always buy more filament from the filament addict herself. You should check um, out some Repcord filament. I love your filament. Your filament's great. Well, I, so really you, well. you know, and you know that, like, I don't make my own filament. I'm a white labeler, just yeah. like you said, and, and I do have some special color. So IC3D out of Columbus, Ohio makes my filament. We, we, it says it on our filaments as powered by IC3D. Yeah. Um, and they've been nice enough to do, you know, work with me on on putting together. I have some visions in terms of how I want to bundle and stuff like that. But um, it's. Uh, but there, I mean, you, there's still the Repcord filaments. It's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with white label. I mean, yeah. you've got a great company behind it. I, I think white labeling is great because you get a big company that makes a quality product. Well, and it's their core competency. Like my, yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't know the first thing about extra. Well, that's not true. I do a couple things, but um, not nearly enough. And that's not my primary focus. It's if you're trying to do it all, you're you're not doing any of it well. And so, you know, I'm trying to remind myself to maintain that focus. We we make <laughs> fine filament furniture. You know, how do we stay in that in that vein? Keep and doing anyway, that. Yeah, yeah, keep doing. <laughs> Andrew, that. he wrapped it up so well. I said one sentence and screwed the whole thing up. You all didn't right, screw anything up. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, if you're listening back, please uh, uh, feel free to join us on YouTube every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, where you can send us your awesome commentary and questions. And uh, and if you ever feel up to it, you're welcome to call in as well. Courtney, I want to thank you so much for spending the time with us. It was a delight as always. Thanks uh, for you, having me. I had you fun. You are just such a, a treat and a ball of energy and an inspiration. And, uh, and thanks to everybody for joining. I can't wait to see guys go check her out on, on Insta and TikTok and sometimes Twitter. Um, filament YouTube stories, just a, whichever is your preferred platform. It's yeah. And I love that you're just such a cheerleader and an advocate for this. Like, look how cool this is. Your energy is so infectious and it's what we need, <laughs> you know, like, like focus on this, just positivity, cool stuff that we can do. And I think it's a great model. I think you've got a good voice and I, I wish you just all the best continued success. And, and we're not, you're going to have to come back on at some point. We'll have to do a follow up. Yeah, hey, so I would hear not about be doing the, this if it weren't space. for the fact that this community is wonderful. If I were in my basement alone doing this, I probably wouldn't be doing it still. It's the community. It's why I'm here. Cause it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. 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 And uh, Grant, thank you so much for the reminder. If you haven't liked, subscribed, all those things, hit oh, the yeah. notifications, please do that. Housekeeping, we're terrible about Grant, you're always involved with that. But thank you. Uh, thank you for that reminder. And uh, we will catch you next week. Uh, teaser, we have a guest. You may know him. Oh. Uh, if you were following <laughs> along closely on Twitter this week, uh, the venerable Augustin Arroyo, a.k.a. Floilistic, out of Spain, España, who works for Team Meku and uh, does a lot of really awesome educational stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit more with him next week about product inspiration, design inspiration. He is an amazing designer, guys. I really can't wait to have that conversation. So uh, set your reminders now. Tune in for that. Uh, and uh, we will catch you next week. Andrew, say goodbye, too. See you, everyone. All right. <laughs> All right. Love you all. Bye-bye.